Alright everyone, welcome to the BoJack Backtrack, a series retrospective on BoJack Horseman for fans by fans. I'm Eliana, pronoun she, her. And I'm Bez, pronouns he, they. And it's great to be with you today. We're covering the entire series with this retrospective, so if you haven't caught up on the whole series yet, this won't make much sense to you, and you'll be spoiled, so get caught up first, okay? Yeah, don't be spoiled. Don't get spoiled. Today we're covering the Season 1, Episode 4, Episode Zoe's and Zelda's. What an interesting one this is. I know. Oh, I keep meaning to say who wrote it. The episodes, I keep meaning to do that, I, I don't do that. But this was written by Raphael uh, Wattsberg and Peter A. Knight, this episode. Okay, great. So there's that. There's a lot to talk about with this one. I think it's the moment the show kind of shifts in in my eyes from being just a regular adult comedy to being like about something more sinister within you did that make sense yeah they talk about the darkness inside of you and it also shows that there's gonna be a continuity going on instead of just one-off episodes that is gonna have, do things and it's gonna keep going yeah i think that's one of the things that surprised me the most about bojack horseman when i first started watching it actually that there was actually continuity i had no idea there was gonna be recurring plots yeah i just thought it was some random nonsense but it's not yeah and i meant to talk about this for the last one but it really starts with prickly muffin because the ottoman is set on fire and the ottoman is still burnt in the next episode oh that's true yeah so that's where it starts right where the ottoman is burnt and the photos are still a threat but it this episode really solidifies that bojack does shitty things and then there's going to be consequences later yes it's, it's the first kind of turning point i think in the show uh-huh gotcha let's start to summarize this thing um basically bojack finds out that todd is working on a rock opera at first he's like fuck that. Then he's like, okay. With Diane's encouragement, Bojack says, okay, I'm going to support this. But then he realizes Todd is going to move out because Todd's rock opera is going to be successful. So Bojack secretly sabotages the rock opera. What's funny about the sabotage part is that I had to watch the ending sequence several times to understand what the heck was going on. Oh, really? I was like, why is Bojack... Yeah, I was with you when this happened too. I was like, why is Bojack paying money or returning the game? What is going on? And I had to rewind like three times to understand what was going on. Oh, no. (laughs) that's funny though sorry (laughs) it's okay Uh, then i finally i was like oh oh okay so yeah yeah kind of hit you all at once yeah exactly kind of hit me and i was like okay i see what's going on now yeah let's go back to the opening of the episodes instead of the closer we'll talk about the closer but for the opening i love how in the last episode, I don't know if you caught this, but in the last episode, Princess Carolyn says to Sarah Lynn that she has tickets to the Gorenstein Comedy Central roast. Oh, she said that in the last episode? Yep, that's what she said. And, that's and why then they're, they're there in the next episode. Exactly, oh, exactly. I love that little bit of continuity. I didn't even notice that. That's great. I knew that yeah. they were at the roast because I was looking at the thing on the theater, but I didn't know she mentioned it in episode three. Yeah, if you want to rewatch it, it's when Sarah Lynn asks Princess Carolyn what she has because Andrew Garfield at the social network. Oh. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'll so I love that little bit of continuity there. Yeah, that's great. Oh, and the title comes from the fact that Wayne, Diane's ex-boyfriend, is... Oh, yeah, that's the subplot. Wayne is Diane's ex-boyfriend, who's a writer for BuzzFeed. He's supposedly writing an article about Mr. Peanut Butter, Diane's boyfriend, when he's really just following Diane around and trying to see if the relationship is serious and going to work. <laughs> what the fuck, Wayne? <laughs> what the fuck, Wayne? Uh, yeah, Wayne. God. I have questions, Wayne. I have questions. Um... <laughs> That's the subplot where he's following them around and stuff. And the Zoe and Zelda thing is from Mr. Peanut Butter's show, Mr. Peanut Butter's House, where there's Zoe, the cheerful extrovert, and Zelda, the uh, cynical introvert. Cynical introvert. Thank you. I was looking for the word. <laughs> so, are you a Zoe or a Zelda? Is the question of the day. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think of Todd's rock opera? <laughs> 
I thought it was interesting because both times the rock opera is shown at Bojack's house, he has the exact same song to end the scene, which is the line, and they couldn't make us slaves. But the instrumental is super different both times. Like in the first oh, that time- Oh, interesting. I didn't notice that. The first time that Bojack's like, slaves, just say slaves. But the second time, the instrumental is super different and he goes to the word slaves a lot more quickly. So it's clear he took that constructive criticism into account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you pay sure. attention, both times the rock opera is shown at Bojack's house, it's the same line that ends it they couldn't make a slaves but the instrumentation and everything is really different so it's clear there's been a lot of evolution with the project that's true that's true I wouldn't have noticed that that's a good point I don't know if I'd consider it a great rock opera but I haven't seen much of it so I can't really comment on what I think of it quality wise I think it probably definitely has potential and I would have wanted to see more of his musical abilities explored later in the show instead of him becoming an executive you know that would have been great yeah I would have loved to have seen that but that's yeah. just my personal preference I'm sure that the right had a good reason for taking Todd's story the way they did. Yeah, for sure. For me, it's like, every time he starts singing his rock opera, I laugh. I'm sorry, Todd. <laughs> I just cannot. I just can't help it. It's just like, oh my god. But at the same time, it's like, he, you can tell he takes it very seriously and he's very passionate about it, which is very admirable. I appreciate that in Todd, that he's very, a very passionate person when it comes to his, his own creations. It's yeah. interesting, though, because I would have never guessed he even owned a keyboard, much less one that he dragged all the way to Bojack's house that thing must be heavy. Yeah, that's true. Some keyboards are really heavy, guys. <laughs> it, lo- it looks pretty small, though. It, like, it, it looked, fit, it it small, fit in his so, lap. I mean, maybe yeah. it's not too heavy, but, you know, you never know. You never know. Like, Todd lugging that thing around. Yeah, I can just imagine that now. Going back to the Comedy Central roast, I love how on Todd's plate, he has a bunch of hortivores on a stick. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's true. literally all he's eating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's very funny. I know. I was just like, why, Todd? Why don't you just get food like everybody else? (laughs) What are you doing? Oh, my God. Oh, Todd. That's funny. But this episode kind of focuses on Bojack's past a little bit as well. And when Diane asks Bojack, wasn't there anyone to help you when you were first starting out? There's a photo of Bojack and Herb Kazaz right next to Bojack's face when he says, oh, well, yeah. uh, no. Yeah, I was going to point that out too. I forgot to mention it opens with Bojack uh, meeting Herb. Well, a flashback to Bojack well, A flashback Herb. to Bojack meeting Herb in like the 80s, I guess? Maybe the late 70s? But I just love how Bojack's like, oh, I don't drink in the flashback, but he's an alcoholic in the present like wow real shift there yeah that's pretty what happened to you bojack what happened so life happened and being a celebrity happens and so many other things a lot of other things yeah so many other things yeah i also noticed in the pool table scene that bojack hits the balls into the holes with his hands yes he does (laughs) he (laughs) He just cheats (laughs) at first he hits the cue ball and it doesn't reach the two balls he was trying to hit and his ears kind of go back like aw. That's and he's like disappointed. And then, he, and then he doesn't then he, when he walks over to Diane he's like screw it and he just hits the balls with his <laughs> hand into the pole. <laughs> yeah, I just love that part. That's so funny. He's just like, I'm not going to play by the rules. I want to get my balls in the hole. So we're going to do that. Also in the pool table scene, there's another example of a running joke. Oh, yeah? Kind of last episode, we got the shots of murmurs. This episode, it's the one where Todd or someone else is like, is this going to be like that time so-and-so happened and Bojack says no? That's another that running joke. That joke comes joke back? Show. I know it comes back in this episode. but what do, what? I don't know if it comes back a lot, but I definitely know it comes back later on in season four, I think. Especially oh, really? when Bojack is calling Brad about Ethan around and Brad is like, is this going to be like that one time I, I pretzel guy eaten up and they has to say no oh that's right okay yeah. i think you're right about that huh so this joke comes back 
I don't know if it comes back a lot, but it does come back. Anything else you want to talk about with the rock opera? I just love that where that there's three sayings of fool me once, fool me twice. Fool me chicken episode. soup with rice. <laughs> yeah. There's three there's three different sayings in this episode with fool me once, fool me twice. That's just so funny. Because there's fool me once, fool me twice, fool me chicken soup with rice, which is what Todd says. Then there's there's peanut butter, fool me once, fool me twice, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, fill a dee dee. Yes. Uh, and then there's the rock opera man's fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. Or, but teach me to fool me and be fooled for the rest of my life or something like that. Yeah, that's something like that. Yeah, so three different variations. That's just so funny. Yeah. Also, did you notice the title of the rock opera on the uh, on the? Theater? Yes, it's very it's, long. It's so long! Oh my god! I love that. It's I love very that. long. It's like a Todd joint. Like, all this stuff. But of course, yes. it's like all this stuff. It's just insane. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Like, you gotta work on the title, guys. You gotta work on that title. You really do. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Alright, should we move on to talk about Bojack's sabotage of the rock opera? Oh, yes, 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 yes. And intercutting that scene with Diane is really clever too, with Wayne telling Diane that there's a darkness inside of you, and it's showing that there's a darkness inside of Bojack. So it's that there's darkness in both of them, even if we don't fully realize it about Diane just yet. Yeah, yeah, Diane, it's just like, Diane, darkness? No. But uh, yeah, later it's like, Diane, darkness? Yes, yes, she does. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Dojack sabotages the rock opera because he doesn't want to be alone. But it's like, at the same time, I'm just like, Dojack, right now you have Diane. Are you not, you're not going to be alone for a while. You have time to find another roommate, buddy. Like, yeah. Did you not think this through, jackass? Come on. To be fair, a Hollywood celebrity finding a roommate sounds ridiculous. Yeah, true. I guess he just was attached to Todd in his own way. Yeah. Partially, too. That he's just like, I'm used to Todd. I like Todd. I want Todd around. And he was just too, just didn't want to say, I want to keep you. Here. He just his pride wouldn't let him say it. Yep. He could have just told Todd, hey, after your rock opera is a success, you can keep living here for a while if you want. He could have done and that. And that yeah. would have solved a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, he could have totally done that, but he didn't do that. And it's just like, wow, you suck, man. <laughs> yeah, communicate, dude. <laughs> yeah, learn the power of communication, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <sighs> oh my god. It's just such an interesting moment because he went through so much trouble just to fool Todd into having a relapse when he could have done so many things differently. Yeah, he could have done a lot of things differently. Although speaking of Todd having a relapse, I love that Decapathon is a puzzle game. I know, I love it's just this Tetris-ass thing. It's just not even like violent video games. To game. be fair, puzzle games are addictive. I was playing Luminous Electronic Symphony for a long time back in like August of 2019-ish. Yeah, puzzle games are the bomb. Like, Oh my god. Yeah, I'm actually going to sell my copy of Luminous because I can play that game for hours, so I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> oh wow. <sighs> but yeah, anyway, as you were saying. Yeah, so it's so interesting to me how Bojack decided to trick Todd into a relapse instead of doing so many other things differently. Yeah, he could have communicated, he could have, you know, seen him through on his promise to help Todd, he could have done yeah, yeah. literally it everything else. It tells us a lot about his character and how he's a selfish prick. Unfortunate, but true. Yep. And can we talk about the Diane subplot in this episode for a little bit? Yeah, for sure, for sure. One thing I saw in this episode is that you can see Diane in one scene wearing a burrito as Biggie's her head shirt, showing this to be the first of many times where she goes along with what Mister Peanut Butter wants that's instead true. of what she wants. That's true, and that's kind of a recurring theme because we see that he goes for a surprise party she doesn't want. He does the fracking thing that she doesn't want. There's so many instances where they're just not able to communicate with each other, and as a result, she just goes along with what he wants instead of doing what she wants. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of little moments like that in this show. That's a good point. It's a bummer that they can't communicate very well, but. It's 
it's just like it's really nice of Mr. Peterborough to give her tickets to the where Diane Arbor show is going next. That was really thoughtful of him, but at the same time it's like, dude, you could have taken her to the show that she was looking forward to in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And my problem is that if Diane wasn't a freelance writer who could literally work anywhere, she would not be able to just take a plane and go to the next show. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If Diane had a, like a 9 to 5, a regular 9 to 5, there would be a very different circumstance here. There would be a very different circumstance, yeah. I love Diane because it's like, I want that job. I want to be that freelance writer so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you're lucky. I love that. Diane's it. great. Yeah. But yeah. And I also love how Diane never called Wayne. Good for her. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did. He does give her the number, but she doesn't call him until she's like, calls him in for business, not for pleasure, when she asks him to leak the first shout chapters of her Bojack book. And he said to call her specifically when she realized about the darkness inside of her. She never calls about that. And it's like, good for you, Diane. Good for you. Yep. <laughs> she didn't it's go like, there. Realize your own darkness on your own. Yep. That's how we do it. <laughs> exactly. The baby bird joke is a very dark joke. <laughs> oh, <us>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those weird cutaway gags that's kind of tricking you into thinking this show is like Family Guy, I think. Yeah, it's a, a kind of Family Guy cutaway, I guess. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. But it's such a dark one. Like, damn. <laughs> I took it as the, the baby bird was injured, not dead, though. Oh, I thought it was dead. <laughs> I, I assumed it was injured. <laughs> oh, no. I guess this tells me a lot more about me than about the bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> the darkness inside you oh no the darkness inside me oh! <laughs> oh my god yeah I also love how Zodak says Sarah Lynn's new catchphrase when he's leaving the Rock Hopper showcase. Oh, yeah. He says, suck a dick, dumb shits, and sticks out his tongue. And then Diane says it in the next episode, actually. Yeah, yeah, she does. That's true. So everyone's saying the new catchphrase. Yeah, that's true. It's getting, it's going, making the rounds. It is making the rounds. It is making the rounds. All right. Yeah. So this one is a really interesting episode because I just think it's such a shift for the show and it really shows how the show is going to delve into these aspects of the human condition that not a lot of shows delve into. Mm. So I think it's an interesting shift for the show. Yes, I agree. All right. Any other comments you wanted to make on anything in this episode? I'm not a fan of the 9-11 joke and the Holocaust joke at all. Yeah. I know that Oxberg commented on uh, another in the Christmas special where we should do the Christmas special, by the way. But when and someone in the Christmas special says, fire that Jew. He, he actually commented on this in Tumblr. Oh, really? What did he say? Let me see if I can find it really quick, actually. Yeah, he had, I was sworn he had a Tumblr at some point, but he doesn't anymore, it looks like. Oh, no, you can't find it? No, but I've done a similar article in NPR. Okay, you want to read it? Yeah, so this is a little interview called Don't Be Fooled by a Talking Horse. Bojack is a sadness sneak attack on NPR, where the interviewer asks him, is there an example of you, you can give up a joke that you regret or wish you had placed it differently in a contextually? And Bob Walsberg says, sure, I can give a couple examples. You know, I think a big one, which I feel very comfortable talking about, is a lot of the Jewish jokes we've had on this throughout the show. And it's something that I myself as a Jew feel some ownership of and feel comfortable with. And there are a lot of Holocaust jokes. And I think many, I believe, sees one or two were that we have past anti-Semitism. And I think now I would look at the world and I think that was naive on my part. I think we were not as passive as I convinced myself we were and I thought we were. And now some of the jokes in the early season just hit me a little differently. Yeah, so there was a Tumblr where we responded to someone asking about the fire that Jew joke with basically the 
that kind of basically he said that when i talked about being okay. jewish and how he kind of owns those jokes send me that article and we can put it in the description for the episode when he talked about those different jokes that talk about the holocaust and about jewish people and how as a jew he owns those jokes but at the same time he realized that maybe he was hitting harder than he meant to you know yeah so i'm not a fan of those jokes not only because they're offensive but because they're so overused like it's so easy to like a joke about 9 11 the holocaust yawn give me something different it's so easy to make those kind of jokes and just like okay we've done the offensive thing that's it let's wrap it up but like be creative with your jokes come on bojack and as someone who cares deeply about history i just don't care for those types of jokes either yeah i agree with that because i think you should look back at the past and learn from it but so much of especially this year and I don't want to get political. Say what year it is for our future listeners. As of recording, it's January 2020. And I'm just going to say that, especially with the- 2021. 2021, excuse me. I forgot the year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, uh, We're not 2020 events... anymore, Elena, thank God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But especially the events that have happened this month, this makes it clear that we're not able to learn from history. And it's so frustrating. So frustrating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this episode? I just really like this one. I just okay. think it's a great episode, honestly. And I'm just really happy it exists. Yeah? Why are you happy it exists? Because I really like how it shifts the show from being just another adult comedy to a, oh, oh, there's darkness here. And we're going to dive into that darkness. Mm. Yeah. That's why I like it. Yeah. All right. And that is our episode of the BoJack Backtrack for today. I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. All right. See you next time. Stay awesome. All right. Bye. Bye.